Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Tuesday morning, September the 28th, 2021. It is 7.02. You are listening here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson, or uh, maybe you're listening on the live stream. You can find on ESPNTucson.com, whichever way you're listening. We appreciate you tuning in this morning, bright and early, on this late September morning as we get ready to Usher in the fall weather, the fall, uh, the the autumn, the fall sunset was out last night in all its regalia. Beautiful time of year here to be in the state of Arizona, specifically in Tucson. Uh, always the best weather right here, September, October, leading into uh, the November and December months. It's just no better place to be. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing you guys October 9th at Arizona Stadium. For the Wildcats and the Bruins, that game was announced. It's going to kick off at 7.30 p.m. The game will be on ESPN, but that doesn't matter because you're all going to be in attendance, right? You're all going to be at the game. And starting next week, once again, I'm going to be putting up my season tickets for you guys to win, so be ready for that. We're going to do a week-long contest of texting to win. Um, Now, as I mentioned, I won't be here Monday and Tuesday of next week, so it's going to be a short week of trying to win those tickets, so be ready. Be, be sure you're listening on Wednesday and Thursday for your cue to text uh, on those uh, through those tickets. So be ready for that as I'm giving away my tickets. Once again, two pairs of tickets to next Saturday's game against UCLA. That game's going to kick off at 730. <coughs> Pardon me. I uh, haven't had enough coffee yet this morning, apparently. Clear the, uh, clear the old pipes. So plenty of things to get into today. We're going to talk mostly football as we do here. I mean, it, it is the season, right? I mean, without... NBA without NHL and right now with Major League Baseball the way it is as far as we're going to wait for playoff seedings and then we can start talking some real playoff baseball of course it's 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 going to be huge the the one thing that obviously we're all looking for here right here in the uh, you know in the West Coast is what's going to happen with the NL West so we'll continue to uh, to keep a close eye on that both the Giants and the Dodgers just continue to win baseball games it's unbelievable uh, the Giants have retreated home for the remainder of the season as they'll be playing uh, home games the rest of the way. So that's good. Uh, they uh, they uh, have, have a game against the uh, the Diamondbacks tonight, which you can actually hear here, right here on ESPN Tucson uh, after Spears and Ali. So you can tune in for that, of course, as Tucson's home for the Arizona Diamondbacks. You can listen to that Giants-Diamondbacks game right here on ESPN Tucson. Uh, so we have we'll, we'll be talking some baseball here in the uh, in the weeks to come. Obviously, as we gear up for the playoffs, huge huge time of year for Major League Baseball, and uh, obviously very exciting as uh, some really really good baseball teams out there: Giants, Dodgers, Brewers, and the Cardinals have taken fire. And then, of course, over in the American League, Tampa Bay just continues to dominate the East. Uh, their record against the East is ridiculous. Like their division record is insane, considering how good that division is. Tampa Bay might be one of those sleeper teams, and I, mean, I don't—I don't mean a sleeper team. I mean, you know, a team that is legit favorite for the uh, for the World Series. Everybody's talking about the Giants and the Dodgers and the Brewers right now. Like the National League just kind of owns this thing, but don't discount what the Rays have done all season, playing in that really difficult AL East and uh, dominating the competition there. So, but we start with football today here on the Jeff Dean Show. We're going to talk with some NFL 
Monday night football last night. Look, the game wasn't close. Uh, the coin flip was about as close as that game got. It got out of hand. Uh, the Dallas was up 41-14. That was my prediction for the game, by the way. That was my, predict- my predicted score. I have it on record. That was my predicted score. I was like, ah, 41-14. I played a same-game parlay. I played a four-leg same-game parlay in that game on FanDuel Sportsbook. I took the Cowboys' money line. I teased the over up to 53-and-a-half. The original over-under was 51-and-a-half. I teased it up to 53-and-a-half. I'm like, I know that Philadelphia's defense has been pretty good, but this Dallas offense is starting to really feel itself, and I felt like they were going to explode. Obviously, got the help um, defensively for the uh, you know with that the whatever the pick six fumble recovery, whatever it was in the end zone for the Eagles, which you know tacked on an extra seven, which certainly helped uh, the over on that one. So I teased it up to fifty three and a half, but then I played a couple of same game parlays that I thought would come to fruition. Number one, I I uh, I put on the uh, one of the legs of my bet was that Ceedee Lamb was going to catch a touchdown pass. Now, Dak Prescott threw three of them last night, but not a single one of them to C.D. Lamb. And then my other was that Jalen Hurts was going to have 50 or more yards rushing in the game. They didn't even run the football. Like, what kind of a game plan did Nick Sirianni decide to put together? Like, I got Jalen Hurts. Um, we're going to go up against this, you know, this this multiple-looking defense that's really good on the back end, especially the linebacker position, and we're going to throw the ball 48 times. Like, what what are you thinking? Like, what are you doing? Jalen Hurts had one rushing attempt in the first half, one. And I know they didn't have the ball a whole lot in the first half, but one rushing attempt for negative three yards. That's what you're. That's what you're going to roll out for a game plan with the with the, against the Dallas Cowboys. He needed to run the football a little bit more in that game and not rely on Jalen Hurts' arm. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts doesn't like to throw the ball over the middle anyway. He's not very good at throwing the ball over the middle. That's a good thing that he doesn't throw the ball over the middle that much because uh, bad things happen when he usually does. So you, you've essentially said, okay, our game plan is we're going to throw the ball 45 times and they're going to be sideline to sideline throwing the football. That's just not a good game plan. That, I mean, no wonder you got beat. It was, 41-14, they tacked on a late one with a minute to go, whatever. But still, my goodness, uh, I just I don't understand this, the game plan of, of Nick Sirianni. Again, I, I shouldn't be surprised. I don't think much of him as a head coach. Uh, the guy doesn't come across as a very intelligent person when he speaks to the media. And look, not everybody is eloquent and well-spoken when they have a microphone in front of their face. Some people are, are very intimidated by the media, by speaking in public. I get it. It's actually the most common fear in the world is public speaking. Most common human fear is public speaking. So uh, I get it. If the guy doesn't sound like a, like a real sh- you know sharp tack uh, in front of the media. However, like you hear some of the stories coming out of Philadelphia, and, yeah, the players are kind of enjoying the, the Rochambeau or the you know, rock, paper, scissors or whatever and him sharing stories with his grandfather and all that kind of stuff. But eventually you got to show that you know some football. <laughs> Last night was an absolute train rolling by the by the Dallas Cowboys. Now, speaking of showing that you know football, watching the Manning cast again, first of all, I'm very saddened to hear that we're not going to be in the graces of the Mannings for the next four weeks. The Manning cast will not return until week seven of Monday Night Football, unfortunately. So the next few weeks... We're going to be without Manning Cast, which has been 
uh, listen, before the season started, when I when I found out the news that this was going to be happening, I didn't know exactly what to expect. The way that they, uh, like the way that they marketed it, was like it's two guys sitting in their living room talking football and watching the game. I'm like, why would we watch that when we can just do that ourselves? Look, <laughs> it's it's entertaining as hell, man. Uh, Peyton Manning. He, in, uh, we knew that he was a funny guy. That he's full of personality. Eli <laughs> brings about as much personality as a wet blanket to the to the stage. But he's very well respected. I I, I found that very interesting. Like he is extre- Eli Manning is extremely well well respected. That's what happens when you win when you win Super Bowls, right? When you beat Tom Brady and the unbeaten uh, uh, New England Patriots, that, that's the kind of respect that you garner from your uh, your colleagues and constituents and such like that and people that that played in the league people didn't even play in the league uh just huge respect for Eli Manning I, I find that very interesting the interaction that he receives as opposed to Peyton like it's just it's just Peyton like everybody's kind of like oh just Peyton but Eli they're like hey Eli it's really good to talk to you man congratulations on your on your your coronation into the New York Giants ring of honor and 15 years of the Giants it's you know it's the longest tenured quarterback in franchise history and you deserve it I mean, like the accolades he gets from people are pretty impressive um, but he doesn't, he, he needs a little more seasoning. And I, by that, I mean, he needs more personality period. I don't know if you can help that. Uh, but nonetheless, it's been entertaining as hell. Uh, the guests they brought on have been great. They had LeBron on last night talking about how Pete Carroll and Jerry Jones offered him a contract. They sent him jerseys, uh, during the 2011 NBA lockout when he was like 27, 28 years old, 26, 7, 28 years old, somewhere around there. And uh, he had talked about going and playing tight end as like a, a red zone option, a scoring option for them. And he said, like Gronk, I'd be like Gronk. you got a long ways to go to be like Gronk, but I could definitely see throwing it up for LeBron James of the red zone. Go up and get it. <laughs> Let's just throw the ball at the crossbar. Just throw the ball as hard as you can at the crossbar from like the 15-yard line. He'll go get it. Like That would have been impressive to watch. But I digress. Because what we're really talking about here is football. And on the Manning cast, last night, just before halftime, an event occurred that has been a a recurrence in the world of the Dallas Cowboys, Mike McCarthy. Now, Mike McCarthy, there's a lot of people, both Cowboys fans, Packers fans, and just NFL fans, that don't have a real high amount of respect or regard for Mike McCarthy's coaching abilities. Last week, he said at SoFi Stadium that he couldn't, they couldn't see the clock. They, he couldn't see the clock from where he was standing. And when he was asked about it in the postgame, he sounded like or, or the next day. Was, right? It was the next day. When he was asked about it on Monday by the media, he, he gave the response of, like, Look, if you have a kid that's ever lied to you about something, you know what that sounds like. They kind of move around. They're like, well, it was. They they give these overly detailed responses about things, and they've really dreamed up this this scenario in their minds where they're like, I got this. I'm gonna nail this. I got this. I got this lie down pat. He talked about talked in circles about how he couldn't really see, and there was somebody standing in his way, couldn't see the clock. Yada yada yada. BS, man. <laughs> you got lost in the moment, didn't know what to do, and you just let the clock run instead of calling timeout. Here we go. Take two. Exhibit B in the indictment of Mike McCarthy's coaching prowess. Last night, there was one minute and 50 seconds left on the clock. The Cowboys are up 20-7, to seven, okay? The, 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 the Eagles 
are nearing midfield. They're like I think they're at their own thirty-five. I think it was. It's third and twenty-four. Okay, third and twenty-four, with a minute fifty left on the clock. You're up thirteen points in the first half against a division rival at home. You have two timeouts. He does not call timeout. Most of us watching the game were like, "Why is he not calling timeout? Why don't you call timeout here? Call timeout. You're at thir- third and twenty-four. What is Philadelphia going to do on third and twenty-four? What what is their play call for third and twenty-four? You got Jalen Hurts as your quarterback. It's not Tom Brady standing back there. It's not Aaron Rodgers. They don't have Devontae Adams out there. They don't have Gronkowski uh, uh, lining up at the end of the line of scrimmage. It's Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, for God's sakes. Call timeout, put some pressure on his ass, get the ball back, and score again. This is your division rival. You're playing at home. It's the first half. You're only up two scores, and you've missed an extra point in the game. No timeout. Just let your clock. Clock, tick, 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 tick. Uh, Philadelphia gets a good gain, right? They, they throw the ball over the middle, get a, get a nice gain. Um, they get the, you know, they, they down the ball. Now it's like it's fourth and five, okay? Fourth and five with a minute left on the clock. One minute and two seconds left on the clock. Now Peyton starts to chirp on the Manning cast, right? And he's like, okay, we're going to call timeout here. And he's like, call timeout. And Eli's just blah, 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 just talking about whatever. And Peyton's like, call timeout, Mike. He's screaming into the microphone. Call timeout, Mike. That's what he says talking about Mike McCarthy called timeout and you can just see the frustration and anger and incredulousness pouring out of Peyton's face and his, his, his expressions and Eli's like well maybe he can't see the clock again or so maybe it's the maybe it's the clock management guy hey I got news for you he's the head coach he is the clock management guy guess who the officials go to when they need to get a timeout they don't go to the, the get-back coach. They don't go to the special teams coach. They don't look for the offensive coordinator, the passing game coordinator. They look for the head coach. The official even walked up to Mike McCarthy last night and asked him if he wanted to call timeout. McCarthy looks at the clock and says, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good is what he said. You read his lips. Peyton Manning screaming, call timeout, Mike. There's two timeouts left in the in your pocket. You're going to take those into the into the locker room at halftime? What in the hell? I, I mean, these are people who are tasked with coming up with elaborate game plans for a 60-minute fight and a 60-minute war against a another coach who is designed to do these types of things and come up with another game plan to stop your team. And you're playing a constant chess match against these people. And half of them lack the basic concept of time management. If you see a minute 50 on the clock and it's third and 24 and you have two timeouts, you call timeout, period. And the funny thing was is Eli is like trying to be, you know, oh, let's not upset anybody here. <laughs> Eli's kind of like, hey, can't we all get along standing between Mike McCarthy and his brother Peyton Manning, who's screaming at Mike to call timeout. And Peyton's like, "Hey, maybe, maybe he doesn't want to give them an opportunity to get a to get a first down and score again." Bullcrap, man. I love it when Peyton said he goes, "I don't care. You call timeout." That's what he said. I don't care. Call timeout. I don't care what the down and distance is. I don't care what the Philadelphia think. The Philadelphia Eagles think they're going to do. We run this game. 
This is our house. We have the lead, and I'm calling timeout. So then Peyton goes, just completely exasperated, goes, I guess he's all right with a 27 lead going into halftime. Like, I mean, just absolutely disgusted. Absolutely disgusted. And it's not like you've got a rookie quarterback uh, on your own team. It's not like you're you're breaking in a Zach Wilson or a Mac Jones or something like that or a Justin Fields in his first start. You got Dak Prescott. You have an elite offense. Look at that offense. It is an elite offense. You've got you've got one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Okay, one of the, I mean uh, let's let's just call it like it is. Zach Dak Prescott has become one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and he'll turn the ball over. Okay, that is a phenomenal weapon to have as your signal caller. You've got, albeit an aging, but you've still got two of the best offensive linemen in the entire league protecting him, okay? Two phenomenal offensive linemen, and the other three guys aren't ain't, ain't so bad either. You've got a usable tight end. You've got two, and I mean two, dynamic running backs. One of them is very good at picking up blitzes. The other one has got so much speed uh, that you can't keep him off the field. And then you have absolute weapons on the edge, out on the numbers. Why would you not give your team the ball and a chance to score more points on your division rival? Stupid. I mean, just absolutely brain dead. These, Mike McCarthy has to spend all week devising a unique way to try and beat a team every single week. It is a tireless, a, a tireless job as an NFL head coach. You have meetings upon meetings upon meetings. You talk with the players. You run practice. You put your practice schedule together. I mean, there is so much going on. But you can't tell time on a clock? You can't figure out time management? There's something wrong there. I think The thing for me was the official, the side judge, went up to him and said, Mike, you want to call timeout? Like, you, you, you probably want timeout here, right? I'm good. That's what he said. I'm good. What in the hell? So <laughs> now, now they go up twenty. They, they go twenty to seven. They just kneel on the ball after Philadelphia punts down to the eleven. They kneel on the ball, and I, I, I don't remember hearing what the fans were doing. I don't remember if the fans were booing or not. I was just listening to the Manny cast. They're just like Peyton is just beside himself. <laughs> I was too. And I'm not even a Cowboy fan. Neither is Peyton. But, by God, you just want to watch good football being played, right? You want to watch good fundamental coaching, right? That's fundamental coaching. Third and 24 with a minute 50 to go. There's 31 head coaches in the league, and there's 130 at the college level that would have called timeout right there. <laughs> I, just, I don't know, man. I we're gonna. I, I have my power rankings. Okay, I have my my NFL power rankings. I was going to do. I teased that I was just going to rank the uh, the five undefeated teams. That's just not enough work for me. I need more work to do than that. So I ranked. I did my NFL power rankings one through sixteen. Did the top sixteen teams because the other sixteen, in my opinion, don't matter. And then I have my five teams that are in big trouble. I'm going to come back with my NFL power rankings. <clears throat> and some of you out there wearing your Cowboy stars proudly today, walking into work, gloating, whatever, you know, you're on your Zoom call, you got your cowboy blanket hanging up behind you, whatever's your backdrop, whatever it may be, okay? How about them cowboys kind of stuff going on? 
you're, you're feeling pretty good about yourself right now. When I tell you where I have my NFL power rankings, where I have the Cowboys at, and you start screaming at your radio like you're an idiot, you're a moron, remember what I just talked about in this first segment. Remember what an idiot your head coach is and why I have the Cowboys where I have them. And with Monday Night Football out of the way, that means week four of the NFL is here. We can move on already. FanDuel Sportsbook wants you to get the most out of every play, and that's why they're giving everyone a $10 risk-free bet every single week. And this Thursday night's game is actually going to be a great opportunity to give it a try because the Jaguars and the Bengals are going to be offering some really tasty propositions. There's two young quarterbacks in that game, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence. I like them both to have big games, to be honest with you. And I'm going to build an SGP with some of those stats in mind. Same game parlays are bets with three legs or more. And the great thing is if your bet doesn't win, FanDuel pays you back up to 10 bucks. Maybe look for Joe Burrow to have a big game in yardage. I like James Robinson, the tailback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Maybe he gets an over because they're trying to keep the Bengals' offense off the field. And I love over total points in the second half. It's been a trend for both of these teams to score points in the second half. So look for the SGP icon on your FanDuel Sportsbook app and uh, check it out, and you can, you can put together your own SGP and get $10 back risk-free. And there's no feeling like nailing that SGP, like, oh, I'm so close to it last night. So lock in your bet today on FanDuel Sportsbook. Get up to 10 bucks back if your bet doesn't win. And if you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, that's cool. We got other stuff for you, too. You can claim uh, the 30-to-1 odds that on either team to win the Sunday night game. Of course, Tom Brady's return to New England, big game there. 30-to-1 odds on either team to win. But you got to sign up with my promo code. Use the promo code DEAN, and if your bet loses, you can get up to $1,000 back in site credit. But you have to use promo code DEAN. So they know that I sent you that you're going to use my promo that we have set up for you exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 21 and over, present in Arizona. Refund is issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund is $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. The same game parlay is available for multiple sports in all states on mobile and on web. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342. Coming up next, my NFL power rankings, the top 16 teams coming up. As after week number three in the NFL, we'll discuss that next. You're listening to the Jeff Dean Show here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Stay tuned because at some point over the next 90 minutes, I'm going to be giving a pair of tickets away to go see the Monster Truck Nitro Tour. At Tucson Rodeo Grounds, that's going to be this weekend. Uh, we're going to give a pair of tickets away and a pair of pit passes, so be ready for your cue to call. Um, that could be happening at any moment. I'm just throwing it out there. So let's take a look at the NFL Power Rankings. I won't be able to get through them all in this segment. We're going to carry it over to the next segment. Um, look, it took, me, it took me quite a bit of time to put this together because right now it is extremely difficult. Once you get... The Rams are the number one. I'm just going gonna, gonna, gonna to just spoil the surprise right now, okay? Because normally you count down on these things like my number 16 team is this, and then you wait anticipating, and then you're like, where's he going to put this team? Where's he going to put this team? The Rams are number one. I think most people would agree. Rams 3-0, and a dominant performance at home over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're the best team in the league right now, okay? Two through 16 was a labor. I mean, it was not easy. So – Let's take a look here at my power rankings, 2 through 16. Let's start with team number 16 right now. 
it's a one and two team. And I've criticized this coach, and I've, I've said several times on this show that I do think that he's very, very much on the hot seat, and that thing is red hot right now. But a really dominant performance against a team that we're going to talk about here in a little bit uh, over the weekend has given this team some new life and shown that they can be dominant. The Minnesota Vikings, currently number 16. And I know a lot of people out there going, the Vikings, what are you talking about? Just hang on. Okay, just wait, okay, because there's plenty of other reasons for you to shout at your radio. 16th is not like, you know, just middle of the pack, okay? Settle down. In the 15th spot, I have a 3-0 and team, one of the five unbeaten teams remaining in the NFL, the Carolina Panthers. Now, Carolina Panthers, you, you look at their resume, the, the teams that they played have not been the best teams. However, their defense is incredible. They have the number one defense in the NFL they're giving up less than 200 yards per game, 191 yards per game. That's insane. 45 rushing yards per game. They've given up 135 yards total on the season. Total. Massively impressive. The team with the second-best defense in the league, the Denver Broncos, have given up over 30 yards more per game than the Carolina Panthers. So when I put the Carolina Panthers at 15, I think it's because most people look at that roster and they go, that's a six-win roster. However, right now they're playing over their heads. Matt Rule's got them uh, dealing. Sam uh, Darnold looks like a renewed uh, quarterback for for Matt Rule and Joe Brady in that system. Uh, They could be climbing. They need to find some stiffer competition, which I think will be uh, be coming real soon. But they're 3-0. I got them at number 15. My number 14 team, another unbeaten team, another surprise. However, they've beaten two teams from New York, not named the Buffalo Bills which is not going to really impress anyone. And their other win was against the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos are the number 14 team in my NFL power rankings. They do currently have the number two defense in the league in yards per game, number one in scoring. They've only given up 26 points. Again, they've played the Giants, the Jets, and the, and the Jaguars. So not going to be you know, the, the fearsome trio uh, that you would be you know, looking forward to uh, if you're, you know, if you're a fan of strength of schedule. So Denver Broncos right now looking pretty good. Teddy Bridgewater is a great game manager. You know the stat that I threw out there last week about how good he is against the spread as a favorite and against the spread as a road dog and all these other things. The guy just continues to win football games and do the right things. Vic Fangio kind of resurrecting his career there, uh, uh, you know, getting off of the hot seat right now. They're 3-0, and but a big test to come. In the, uh, in the next few weeks. So we'll, we'll continue to monitor the Broncos. My number 13 team is another team from the AFC West. They've lost two home games so far. Their quarterback is making no-look passes when he doesn't need to, throwing interceptions. And I'm talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. Not a whole lot to like about the Kansas City Chiefs right now. I mean, you look at their defense. It's one of the worst defenses in the league. They give up 430 yards per game. They give up 31 points per game, which is... How do you, how, you can't win games giving up 31. They're, they're worse in the league in scoring, right? Deep scoring defense, them and, and uh, uh, Detroit, right? Two worst scoring defenses in the league. You can't win games giving up 31.5 points a game. You just can't. And I, I don't care if you're Patrick Mahomes, but right now that offense is not clicking. Patrick Mahomes is not playing well. He's throwing. He's turning the ball over. And, again, 
Chelsea Chiefs fans are like, there should have been a pass interference call on the Hail Mary. You're right. There should have been a pass interference call on the Hail Mary. And the NFL installed a rule in 2019 that allows the officials to go back and review non-calls on P.I., which that should have absolutely happened in the game this past Sunday, but it didn't. Again, part of my gripe and part of the reason why NFL officiating was number one on my dunce list yesterday, good reason for it. Number 12, brace yourselves, folks. Number 12, the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, they're 2-1. and one. Yes, they're just mere inches away from being 3-0. and oh. I get it. Okay? And you've got an explosive offense. I just talked about how elite the offense is. Great offensive line play. You've got an elite quarterback. You've got two great running backs. You've got explosiveness on the edge. On defense, you've got, hand it to him right now, defensive rookie of the year, Micah Parsons. Aside from him getting injured, good Lord willing, uh, you know, Micah Parsons is going to be your defensive rookie of the year. They're, they're doing well enough on defense to, to win these games. But your head coach is going to do some things that's going to cost you games down the road against better teams. Now, the NFC West has gotten worse than I thought they would be. The Washington is terrible. We'll talk about them coming up. Uh, I, I think the Cowboys are the clear-cut favorite to win the East. But I don't know, man. I think there's some teams in front of them. There, there, there's 11 teams in front of them that are better, in my opinion. And number 11 on my power rankings, the Tennessee Titans. Stubbed their toe at home in week number one, have shown that they are dominant in the next two weeks. We know that they're a playoff-caliber team. They're extremely well-coached. They've got weapons at every single position. They play solid defense. I like the Titans just a little bit more than the Cowboys right now. All right, we're going to take a timeout when I return. We'll continue with my power rankings, my top ten. But right now, get your phones ready, 719-1490. That's 520-719-1490. We're going to give away a pair of those tickets to go see the Monster Truck Nitro Tour at the Tucson Rodeo Grounds this Saturday, October 2nd. There's two shows, a 1.30 show and a 7.30 show, and your chance to win a pair of tickets with a pair of Fit Passes right now. Caller number two at 520-719-1490. You're going to win those tickets. Call now. Good luck and enjoy the Monster Truck Nitro Tour. When we return, more of my power rankings in the NFL. It's the Jeff Dean Show here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Oh, the things you miss when we're not on the air. Or maybe we're on the air. Maybe maybe Mary had her first mix-up and left me on the air while we were off the air. <laughs> we'll never know. Uh, congratulations to Sarah Sears. Sarah Sears was our winner of the Monster Truck Nitro Tour tickets this Saturday. Enjoy, Sarah. Congratulations. Uh, and enjoy your time watching the Monster Trucks. Uh, it's like Monster Trucks is something I grew up on. I'm going to be honest here. Uh, I still watch Monster Trucks. <laughs> like, if it's on, I'm like, oh, yeah, Monster Trucks are on. Turn that on. Like, if there's nothing else to watch. Like, if I just have to watch, like, the talking heads on the sports channels or something like that, uh, if Monster Trucks are on, I'll watch them. I still get geeked out over that. Horsepower, big trucks, smashing things, going crazy, being loud, doing stupid stuff. I'm all about that. So uh, congratulations, Sarah, and enjoy the show this Saturday, the Monster Truck Nitro Tour. Let's continue with my power rankings here because, look, I know you're all just waiting with bated breath to find out where your team is going to end up unless you're one of the, a fan of one of the 16 teams that did not make the top 10, or the top 16, I should say. Let's take a look at number 10. 
this is where things get really difficult to start rating. Like, because I've watched the games, obviously. You know, I watch these teams play. It's not just going off stats and things like that. Based on, this is based on the eyeball test, the strength of schedule, who they've beaten, where they've beaten them. And I think just overall makeup of the roster, coaching ability, all that kind of stuff gets factored in there. I just, it's all just a big chemistry, you know, set in my head as I spit these things out. So number 10, your Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers, of course, to Justin Herbert, I, I, I still keep waiting for this guy to have a sophomore slump, and it's not happening. He's continuing to get better. He's showing week in and week out that he belongs in the conversation as one of the top 10, top 12 quarterbacks in the league in just his sophomore season. This is a guy, and I'm not kidding who three years ago in a game against Arizona went into halftime in a game that Oregon was leading, looked at his offensive coordinator and said, I don't know what they're doing out there. Talking about the Arizona defense. Could not figure out the Arizona defense. (laughs) Everybody else could. Justin Herbert couldn't figure it out. I have from a very, very reliable source that that's exactly the conversation that was had in the locker room at halftime. So I thought all along, I'm like, this guy's not going to get it. Like, it's not going to be good for him. Apparently, he's found better coaching in the NFL because he's figuring it out. And situationally, he might be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Third downs, especially on, on downs with have, that have low conversion percentages traditionally, he's very high. He's off the charts on conversion rates on third and longs and in those types of situations. He's very good against the blitz. He's tough. He makes good throws. He makes good decisions. I, I think the Chargers have really, really found something there, and I've got them at number ten. I'm still kind of waiting for the for the other shoe to fall for the Chargers because it almost it often does. But I watched an interview yesterday on uh, on the uh, Colin Cowherd show that he had with Brandon Staley, the the new head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. I was mightily impressed. He's very young. Uh, I was mightily impressed with his ability to converse and talk about the things that he really likes and he enjoys about the game of football and uh those are those are important things i like what i'm what i'm seeing out of the Chargers right now that could be a team that's fast rising number nine the san francisco 49ers talented yes one of the most exceptional coaches in the league absolutely however there are question marks at the quarterback position whether they allowed jimmy garoppolo to really challenge the defense in big plays uh in big moments and also defensively, the, their, their secondary is just completely decimated by injury once again. And the defensive line is not able to get home because quarterbacks are just literally, they're taking two steps and throwing the football up into the air, throwing it up for their receivers, and the 49ers corners can't cover. The safeties are late, rotating over, and defensively right now, they're a problem. Um, I'm going to put them at number nine because they are still a force in the NFC, but that's a team who's teetering on the edge right now, falling out of the top ten. Number eight, the Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders, 3-0 and right now. Three close wins, but sometimes that's a, a, you know, a statistic that will build character. The Raiders right now play good offense. They're the best passing offense in the league. Derek Carr, um, I thought it was interesting – uh, Brandon Staley was talking about Derek Carr, and he, he said all you know all the great things that Derek Carr does. Um, talking about him as an elite thrower of the football, he's got a better arm than people expected. He makes better decisions. It's taken him a while to get there, 
Um, and I think John Gruden's offense has been somewhat of a challenge for him and for the other pieces around him on the offense. But that thing's clicking right now, and they are really throwing the football. they got a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. And for all the, all the heat that Mike Mayock took in the offseason as the general manager and not being able to build a roster, that's a, lot, a roster loaded with talent right now, and they're going to give teams trouble. I've got them number eight in my power rankings. Number seven, the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens have played good football so far this year. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it. They have been uh, competitive in every single game, and we expect that out of them because they're one of the best coached teams in the NFL. Justin Tucker, they got the best kicker in the league, maybe the best kicker of all time. And the defense may have turned the corner as well as they're starting to gear up a little bit as well. Now, I still worry about the endurance, the, the durability of Lamar Jackson. He's taken a lot of hits over the last couple of years running the football. I know he made a really nice throw against the Detroit Lions, and that was an excellent throw that he had there on that final drive where he threw it over the linebacker, kind of dropped it in there. That shows a lot of maturity on his part of being a thrower of the football. But until he can prove it week in and week out, I'm still going to kind of hedge my bet a little bit on the Baltimore Ravens with Lamar Jackson as their quarterback. But obviously a solid team in all three phases, as you would expect under John Harbaugh. Uh, and they, they are lacking a little bit in firepower talent on the offensive side, and Hollywood Brown continues to drop passes, but they're a very, very, very good football team. I've got them at number seven. Number six, the Green Bay Packers. You got Aaron Rodgers. The week one snafu, that was horrible. That was awful. They played about as bad as you possibly can, and they have rebounded nicely with a win in San Francisco, and, of course, 37 seconds will forever live in my memory. Just it, It's Apparently too much time in the NFL for a guy like Aaron Rodgers. As long as you have Aaron Rodgers, you consider you, I mean, consider yourself a top 10. You can have the worst roster in the league and have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, and you're still going to be a top 10 team in my opinion. He's just that good. Uh, it, it's, there's, just, there's just no doubt in my mind uh, that he is one of the, the most talented quarterbacks we've ever seen in the history of the game. So I like the Packers at number six. They don't crack the top five yet, but I think the top five teams are a lot more complete teams. Maybe not at the quarterback position, but certainly more complete throughout. And we'll discuss that next on the Jeff Dean Show here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Joint Spears and Ali this Thursday night for their Thursday night football broadcast live from Native Grill and Wings in Marana, located on the southwest corner of Cretero and I-10, the native grill and wings there has got over 40 televisions, 12 beers on tap. Great place to watch uh, a game or great place just to have dinner. You get great food there. You can check out their food and drink specials. If you download the, the, uh, the loyalty app, the native grill and wings loyalty app, there's plenty of offers and promotions on there as well. Thursday night football, native grill and wings in Marana, home of the original Arizona wing. Join, Joe, join Spears and Ali this Thursday night from 3 to 6 there and uh, enjoy some football. Now, the top five in my power rankings. We begin at number five, the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills stubbed their toe against the Pittsburgh Steelers in week number one. Josh Allen had a horrible, horrible game. However, they have bounced back mightily. They summarily crushed Washington over the weekend, uh, really just lit up that defense, and Josh Allen is starting to look like the MVP candidate that we expected to see uh, this year from him. They are currently averaging about 389 yards passing per game. 
Um, I'm sorry, 389 yards total per game. Sorry, 261 yards passing. They found a running game, 127 yards a game, and they're getting just over 31 points a game uh, on offense. So the Bills looking pretty good. Obviously, you know the defense we know is going to be good. They're only giving up about 250 yards per game uh, and just able to smother teams. That is uh, the, the best team in the AFC East without question. We know that, and uh, I think things are only going to get better. I think they're going to start moving up, although it may be tough to move up with the four teams that are in front of them, but we'll see. Number four on the list, we've got the Cleveland Browns. Now, we know how talented this roster is. We've talked about it all season and off season. just how – talented they are one of the most talented if not the most talented roster in the entire league uh obviously their opening game against the against Kansas City Chiefs you know we've talked about it the Chiefs are actually dangerously close to being an 0-3 team right now if Cleveland doesn't drop if the Cleveland punter doesn't drop the ball literally drop the ball and then try to run with it uh things could be looking very very different uh in the standings right now but Cleveland 2 and 1 could be 3 and 0. Oh. They just absolutely annihilated the Chicago Bears over the weekend and that defense with Miles Garrett. Look, look, look. when Miles Garrett came out in the draft and I I said he was the number 1 pick in the NFL, uh there was there was no doubt about it he was going to be the number 1 pick. And I believe I said something to the effect of he may end up being the best pick of the decade. Right now, <laughs> it's definitely up there. It's it's He's right up there for for best pick. Now he he's he's had some some mental breakdowns, of course, with the the whole swinging of the helmet uh, deal and Mason Rudolph and all that kind of stuff. I'm I'm hoping that he's past that because uh, physically he's just an absolute freak, and nobody gets after the quarterback quite like he does. Very dominant player, and Baker Mayfield at quarterback. They're going to have their limitations with him. You know, he's still unpaid and things like that, and they're going to figure out in the offseason what they're going to do with him based on what happens throughout, but they got a long ways to go. I think they're the number four team in the league. That's just based on what I've seen uh, and what I think their potential is. Number three, the Arizona Cardinals, currently sitting at 3-0. and Kyler Murray is the early favorite to win the MVP, and it is the best offense in the NFL. They are... I believe they're second in yards per game. They are, I think, fourth or third in passing yards per game. And rushing, they're averaging over 100 yards per game, 110 yards per game on the ground for the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, by the way, it's also the top-scoring offense in the league. They've scored 103 points along with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this season. So they're doing it in every facet of the game. They've got weapons at wide receiver galore with Rondell Moore rounding out to be looking like one of the best rookies in the league this year, both on offense and returning punts. And he, he's been very, very successful in that area. Of course, you've got Kyler Murray doing his thing back there. They're able to run the football. The offensive line is starting to play a little bit better right now. And defensively, they're a team that can get after the quarterback with Chandler Jones off the edge. They're playing pretty solid up the middle. And you've got Buda Baker and Isaiah Simmons, two Swiss Army Knives playing the safety and linebacker position that you can move all over the field. They're extremely multiple. Vance Joseph is having a, a great time with them and scheming teams uh, for his two best players on defense. So and we're going to talk with Tyler Drake more about the Cardinals tomorrow as they're 3-0 and and have a big game coming up. I have them right now as the number three team in the NFL in my power rankings. And now number two, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think it's pretty obvious why they're in this position. The defending champs did get beat 
pretty good in Los Angeles over the weekend to the Rams, who was my my number one team, obviously. You know, their glaring weakness right now is their secondary. They're giving up a ton of yards through the air. In fact, right now, I believe their defense, their their pass defense is dead last in the NFL. It is dead last in the NFL. Passing defense is dead last in the NFL for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're giving up a ton of points. But as long as you've got Tom Terrific there, you can always uh, kind of bounce back from that. They're also needing to get a little bit healthier on offense right now. They're not able to run the football with any kind of authority, and they're a little banged up at wide receiver. But as long as you got Brady and Gronk, things are going to be good for you. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers still number two, in my, my opinion, in the, uh, in the NFL power rankings. And then, of course, they got the Rams number one, as I mentioned before in case you missed it. So there you have it. Those are my NFL power rankings. I'll put them up on Twitter. If you're not following me on Twitter, feel free to do so. It's at UAZ Voice, at UAZ Voice. Follow me on Twitter. It's not the most exciting Twitter account. (laughs) I'll be honest with you. I don't tweet a whole lot of stuff. I tweet a lot during Wildcat games, uh, during during road games when I'm not at the game. Um, I do tweet a lot during those games, just kind of giving some insight and thoughts in there, just thinking out loud and putting it on out onto the socials, but I don't do a whole lot on Twitter. I do retweet some things, but if you want to follow me there, feel free. Also looking forward to seeing you guys at the Red-Blue game this Saturday. There's still tickets available. $7, folks. Go to the Red-Blue game. It's at 3 o'clock. Meet Tommy Lloyd. Meet the new team. We're going to be talking Wildcat basketball real soon. We're going to be ramping things up for Wildcat basketball, and uh, you're not going to want to miss that. And your chance to meet the team on Saturday, this Saturday at the McHale Center, 3 o'clock, the Red-Blue game. Tickets are $7. There's plenty of tickets available. There's going to be a dunk contest and all kinds of fun things going on. Come on down. I would love to see you guys there out supporting the team, supporting the new coach, and all that goes along with Wildcat basketball. Stay tuned. Quick, quick turnaround. Just a two-minute break, and we're right back at it for the 8 o'clock hour. It's the Jeff Dean Show here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Casino Del Sol Studio, the soul of Tucson. This is ESPN Tucson. KFFN Tucson. KWCX Tank of Verde. KMXZ HD4 Tucson.